think our young friend is awake back there. You killed Bum and Dad? I'm afraid so. Gonna kill me too? We're taking you back to some people in Houston want to talk to you. Those people in Houston. Are they gonna kill me? They want to talk to you. Are they gonna kill me? Probably yes. Welcome back to the Flickers from the Cave podcast, everybody. This is episode 216. Uh, we're glad. I hope everybody had wonderful holidays. This is our first podcast since the Christmas and New Year's holidays, so we're maybe a bit rusty. I'll speak for myself. I feel a bit rusty. So, yeah, you look if rusty. I'm happy I'm New Year, rusty. happy New Year to everyone yes. who listens. Yeah, our first and, uh, episode of 2023 came out on New Year's Day, um, yes. but this is our first we've recorded in 2023. Right. So. so bear with us as we launch into another year of flickering. So your name is Mike. Uh, that's right. I am Mike. And I'm Marty. Hello, I'm Julie. <laughs> and I appreciate you reminding me to introduce myself. Oh, well, I was trying to remember your name, and I was checking my notes. Who's <laughs> that rusty old fuck right there? What is... I was like, is that Rusty Wallace? No, it's Mike just looking rusty. So I'm trying to think of another famous Rusty. Uh, rusty uh, fuck, Griswold. There you, there you go. go. Rusty Griswold. There you go. Huh. Maybe the most famous Rusty of them all. Yeah, it depends on where you're from, I guess. Um, so, Mike, you picked these movies. I did, and and for this, we are angry. <laughs> no, no, as really. you probably should be. Not really. No, okay. We're going to look at uh, the f- a couple of movies by a gentleman named Eric Red. He was sort of a the Viking conqueror. <laughs> yes, he was friends with Leif Erikson. No, he became somewhat of a. a Wonderkind, I think, in the mid '80s, after writing the script for The Hitcher, mm-hmm. which was a big movie. It was a big movie, Especially and it was in like genre circles. It was enormous. Well, it it broke through. It was something that that didn't always happen when because it, it was it's a it's a horror movie. I mean, it's for sure oh, a horror movie. Hundred percent. With the but it Howard? broke through. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yes. Cool. Robert, jeez, uh, I can't remember the director's name, but his name's Robert. Harmon or something like that. That's it. Okay. Okay. Wow. So I have some recall left. <laughs> uh, and I did that without looking at IMDb. Yay. But uh, anyway, he 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 had written the, the script for The Hitcher, and obviously The Hitcher became like a thing. And so 
as Quentin Tarantino would tell you, if you sell a script and it becomes successful, then you are in demand. So he went on to write Near Dark, which was directed by Catherine Bigelow, of which I am a big big fan. And uh, he wrote Blue Steel for Catherine Bigelow. Jamie Lee Curtis. Which I have not seen. Yes, I have not seen for a million years. It's good. Uh, My recollection... My recollection of that is like a really skeevy uh, Ron Silver performance. He yeah. just seems so slimy. <laughs> and he was great at that, at, at playing those characters. He was such a yeah. great bad guy. Yeah, because he's the bad guy. Time Cop, he's uh-huh. the bad guy, right? That was Absolutely. About yeah. Now, he plays Alan Dershowitz, who at the time that uh, Ron Silver played Alan Dershowitz in the movie with Jeremy Irons, where he's Klaus von Bülow. I can't remember that. Dershowitz was not a scumbag. He has grown into an enormous scumbag. (laughs) What? So, yes, the Dersh. (laughs) He's a Dersh of. of, (laughs) Yes, he's Dershowitz now, exactly. They've changed (laughs) his name. In any event, yeah. the the movies we're going to talk about, we're going to start off with one from 1988. And I think, if I'm not completely mistaken this may be his directorial debut oh okay am i right about that marty so i hope that's right because it would explain why it's so bad (laughs) how far we gotta go the rest of the way thanks you really answered my question then shut up Hey, Mr. Cohn, I gotta ask you something. Been asking me something every two minutes since we got into the car. I gotta ask you something, man. How come you've been giving me shit from the minute we left Houston, huh? Because I don't like you. Oh, fuck. We gotta take a long drive together. The least you could do is try a little human friendliness. Better shut up now. Did I do the job or what? You're a stupid, sloppy hothead. You used six cartridges on the woman in the FBI when two would have done it just because you like the sight of blood. You're a half-ass who's got no business working with me. Shut up now. What the hell did you do the job with me for then? Because they put you on with me. I didn't have any choice. Thirty years, I work alone. Thirty years, I always do the job, and then this week they give me this job and tell me I gotta put on a second gun. My age, you don't make a remark. In this business, they don't retire you to Florida, and they don't give you any social security, and you don't get a gold watch. What you do get one day when you're not looking is a brief pain in the back of your head and a quick glimpse of your brains flying out before they scrape you up off the sidewalk. So he very luckily was able to get a hold of Roy Scheider for this for this movie, mm-hmm. who is kind of to me if there's a saving grace in this movie, I think it's Roy Scheider. He gives it heart. I don't know, man. Well, I don't think he had very good things to do, but he brings a little bit of class to Oh, what he's doing oh uh, yeah so like i you know you forget that like he was on sequest dsv and you forget that he made all of these shitty movies and he Man, made great I, things i yeah, loved you know. sequest when i was a kid because it had um the uh ladybugs kid in it brandon mm-hmm. uh, brandis jonathan brandis that's okay. his name 
it's oh, such a lady I know who boner you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you just until because I did it, I went and looked at uh, Roy Scheider's uh, filmography, and man, you know, there's Jaws and Fosse and. You know all of these parts he played, where it's just Marathon like, Man, Marathon French Man, Connection, where he, all of those, where it's like excellent, and Fifty Two Pickup, and mm-hmm. all of these things, where I'm just like, fuck, this dude made some great shit, and then it's just a bunch of shit. <laughs> I know and that I, at I, some this point fell right in that. So at some point he was rated the highest, um, or had the highest acting roles as the president. In really, really. He played the president more than anyone else? Yeah, but then he got outranked by someone. I'm sure multiple people More by than now, Donald Pleasance? Um, Donald Pleasance or uh, <laughs> the dude, the voice of God. Um, Morgan, Morgan Freeman? Freeman? Yeah, he's played the president a few times. Yeah, absolutely. I always think about the thing from Escape from New York where I think it's Buck Flowerty is going, I knew I'd be the president when I found this. <laughs> so, so Cohen and Tate. It starts off in a bucolic uh, country setting where this dude who's turning state's evidence against mobsters is being kept under witness protection with a bunch of FBI guys. So it's the dude, his wife, and their son, their young son. Mm-hmm. And, and a then, bunch of feds. And Right, that's what I'm saying. Like They're being watched at, under witness protection. And then um, two hitmen come in, Cohen and Tate, and they murder everybody. And I mean, like, everybody. Mm. And they uh, kidnap the young boy to take him back to Houston, where the mobsters are who want to talk to him and probably kill, kill him. So this, the movie is basically a miserable road movie with two assholes and a little kid <laughs> with a terrible accent. Yes. That's a, that's a very accurate description, I think. <laughs> so Cohen and Tate, as you might have heard from the clips we played, don't like each other. And I, I don't know why you would like either one of these people, but especially Tate, played by oh. Adam Baldwin, who I generally like in things. Wait, I, I, I looked him up because I was like, is he one of the Baldwin bros? But he's not. And yeah, I like He's that an off-brand Baldwin. <laughs> it says on his IMDb siblings or like, you know, who you're related to. And then it says Alec... And then in parentheses, not related. <laughs> Stephen, right. not related. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he spells his name with two E's. It's Baldwin, so it's different. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I like him in My Bodyguard. I like him in um, Firefly. I like him in a lot of things. He's, he's, he's animal mother. Work. Yes. Well, I mean, he's animal mother in Full Metal Jacket. So and he's I mean, chewing uh, it up there, but it sort of suits that character. It does. It's, and I think that in the hands of Kubrick as opposed well, to Eric Red, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's there might be a difference there. So over the top and so overwrought and so broad uh-huh. and goofy. <laughs> and all of like, his choices, oh. all of the chewing gum and toothpicks and... Matchsticks. All of that shit. Where he's just eating fucking matches. Yeah. Wait, so... Because he's that as, tough. Yeah, especially at the end, did it remind you when he was all bloody and he had the leather jacket? Just kind of gave me Bill Paxton near dark vibes or Terminator yeah. he's a big hulking guy with a leather jacket and he's bleeding out of his orifice. all of the places wait can you remember right. in, a, in a movie because like Roy just blasted the shit out of him sorry I like you yeah. know, just said it but do you guys remember in any other movie where the gun has been so bloody that you couldn't cock it 
Like, no, that I was did cool. not. I've never seen that before, that. and I did think that that was an interesting. You know, all right, this is not a good movie. But you're right, Julie. I had never seen that before, and I thought that was clever. Yeah, that was. I think there are moments, and there are things in the writing that are not dialogue and not, this is a huge disclaimer, not dialogue and not sort of character elements, but there are moments, like things that happen, like bits of action and the way it's like written into the script. I assume it's written into the script because some of the stuff you can't just, it's not going to be happenstance. Yeah. That were really clever. I thought that was clever. I thought when they stopped the highway patrol car, yeah, yeah where they were in front using, of it, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. insane. The thing where they made it through the roadblock by the way they did that. You mean that I thought three-hour scene where they <laughs> slowly I driving? That, I thought walking. that worked. I think that there was some tension there, and that actually worked. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, look, look, I'm, I'm no, looking I, for the I, you're peanuts. Totally allowed. Yeah, I know you definitely are. It was not a complete waste, but it was just so many of the major choices were bad. There were little moments, little things that I was like, yeah, this is, that is cool. Some of the way it looked was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of that, that, yeah, the nighttime highway stuff. There's a there. Here's a complaint, I guess. I thought like a lot of the, the there's and there's plenty of it because it is just them in this car mm-hmm. driving. Well, so the way that stuff was shot as they're going from highway to highway looked great, but mm-hmm. like these fucking interior shots with that background that did not move, yeah, like I didn't it even would move. That. It would mm-hmm. move like just ever so slightly once in a while, but like they would sit here and like have a three minute scene and the same lights were visible. In the background, I did not, and it was, that. and once, well, once I did, it was that's all I could notice. I, I would that just too. sit and stare at those lights, going, "Move." So, <laughs> Mike, I actually thought of Collateral, the Michael Mann movie, because of all that night photography and that. And to uh-huh. me, this was right there with that, as far as like the nighttime cinematography out on the road. Yeah, I thought that. I, I thought it looked that. really good. Yeah, so, that and Drive. I thought about Drive. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot of that driving around, you know, even though this was not as much and it's more out on the open road and not right. so much in the city. Right. But yeah, I think it's like all the elements were kind of there, but boy, this just like they couldn't figure out how to get that square peg in a round hole or something. <laughs> just I, it did not fit together. I kind of like that the Scheider character had a hearing aid. And, you know, mm-hmm. when he loses it, he's like, where's my fucking hearing aid? I mean, he was totally at risk but it was funny when you first meet him after they come in and gun down the family he goes over and uses the phone and uses his non-hearing aid ear and i thought that was really funny like it's i did not very obvious that. which ear has the hearing aid and he used the right. other one and it's like a big honking 1980s hearing aid it's uh-huh. like, yeah and it was so like he was literally standing there with a hearing aid holding the phone to the <laughs> other side and i was like yeah. wow dude like, right, let's do that again <laughs> right. the other year. I mean, just shoot it one more time. It's not a big deal. That would be like, Mr. Pliskin, could you use the other eye, the one without the exactly. patch for the telescope? Yeah, it'd be like Snake holding the telescope up to his patch. It'd be like, right. <laughs> all right, let's reset. Yeah, can we, you know, we get one more take on that? Um, so did you guys realize that that kid was uh, Dennis the Menace in the movie Dennis the Menace? That's the next movie. No. 
I did not. Oh, is that the next movie? Yeah. That's right. That's right. I, was I just assumed notes. that the. I'm assuming that the kid in Cohen and Tate never had another role in his life. <laughs> I might be wrong. No, I think he went on to do stuff. He, I just hope he wasn't doing a southern accent because I think he was in something with Charlie Sheen. I remember. Oh, that's unfortunate for him. <laughs> Maybe he got some tiger blood. Was it like this? That's the right. Believers? Oh, he's been in- 24 oh the believers is yeah. A, yeah with martin sheen martin sheen okay sorry wrong, yeah that's a sheen. is that frankenheimer or somebody like that's a real real movie mm-hmm. not that this isn't a real movie do, but. do you guys think this was supposed to be funny at all i think that a lot of people who have reviewed it on imdb see it as like a dark comedy okay. yeah i don't but i did not find it any Anything that I saw that I laughed at, I think, was unintentional. I mean, the kid pitted the two bad guys against each other for the entire movie, but I didn't really find that humorous. It was just more of a survival tactic, right? Mm -hmm. I actually... Yeah, it was. Again, a good thing that was kind of squandered, maybe through the performances or through the dialogue or whatever, but the idea that this kid is savvy enough to see the cracks in the two of the fracture in their relationship and figure out how to manipulate or exploit that, I thought that was a great idea. Oh, yeah, that kid was a survivor. I liked Mm -hmm. when um, Tate would be asleep and he would go, Mr. Cohen, he's crazy. (laughs) You need to to dump his ass out on the highway. Yeah. Uh, it, this is apparently based loosely on a uh, uh, an O. Henry story. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's called like I mean, the Ransom of Little Feather or something. Greensboro native. Yeah. So, and you know, O. Henry was about that sort of. He was the original M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you find out at the end of the Monkey's Paw that he was dead all along. <laughs> so. It's, you know, I, I just, that was, to me, that was my frustration with the movie was that there was so much stuff that I, that I genuinely liked the look of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole, the, the, the idea, the, the overall idea is that these two hit me and come and get this kid mm-hmm. and they're taking him. I think that is a good well, and we, jumping off point for a movie, but I think it would have been a more satisfying thing if it wasn't just them in a fucking car for yeah, an hour and a half. It was kind of boring. Like, it really was. We've seen old Hitman, young Hitman done so well in movies like The Mechanic and stuff like that oh, where it's oh, yeah. you know, we're really doing a thing. And so we know that works too, where it's like the new young buck is coming in and it's you know, gonna make his bones by like maybe taking out the old silverback. And it's like, um, you know, come on, do it. But they just, it just never really fit into anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much like a failure to launch kind of thing. It's like they had everything in place and it just kind of couldn't quite get it off the ground right. to make it soar. So we, we were talking before we started recording about the rave reviews that exist on like imdb one person compared this to like a hitchcock film and said this is they did yes (laughs) yes this is what would happen if hitchcock had kept making movies oh this is they would have started to get really bad (laughs) apparently but i was like (laughs) if he hadn't died after family plot is the they would have started making really shitty road movies so i'm glad i didn't read these reviews before i watched the movie because then my expectations would have been even higher yeah my expectations were pretty much based on the presence of Roy Scheider. 
And I know that you said he's his his film filmography is littered with Spotty. like yeah garbage. <laughs> well, and like and I came into work and told you, mm. and so I was yeah. really hoping I could make it more fun for you by kind of hoping to temper those expectations. And, and you did, you did temper my expectations, and and I one hundred percent agree. I think with what you're. You were implying the hell out of something without saying anything, and I. Yeah. I, all, I think all you the, need is five minutes of Adam Baldwin, and you know what I'm uh, saying. <laughs> he's remarkably, remarkably bad. Let's talk about um, the versions we watched, which um, had a bunch of gore reinserted. So, like, the film is going along oh. with like its nice quality, and all of a sudden it goes to like eight millimeter quality, like some mm. like some shit they found on the floor put back in so when they come in and murder the family there's a bunch of like the pretty nice bloody gunplay mm-hmm. oh that's a, funny i was like is this copy just corroded no it was just <laughs> like reinserted footage but what's wild is when you see the um the scenes after that i mean the fucking room looks like a dexter crime scene i mean there's just so much blood splatter oh yeah that guy like got the, splattered and blasted all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, it's a gore-soaked thing. So I mean, that's always fun. Sure, but like, so, and like some of the stuff, I think the it was clearly cut out MPAA cuts. But like the thing with the mom in the kitchen with the shotgun, it oh, was yeah. just like that was long and torturous. Yes. And I think that that's what was cut out. It was not even necessarily the gore with her. It was just. Adam Baldwin being such a just monster. And I think maybe they just thought that was more than we needed to see. And I don't know that I disagree in that particular instance. Yeah, it seems really interesting that they would either not make Cohen or Tate to make Cohen be more heroic, more noble or something. He was still a scumbag. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like he was the good hitman who but he had he did have some sort of He was like I, less I of a code. sociopath. But but clearly had a career, a lifetime of doing this. Um, so like we know that there's a fucking trail of dead behind him. Oh so, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I almost kind of wish there was. Um, because he hitman was like with a heart of gold. A like red... maybe maybe the old hitman was the psychopath, and the young upstart was coming in with a sense of honor and like seeing how he's doing it. Going, hey man, I don't think that's how we have to do it. And he goes, that's how I've been doing it for years. That way we've got like a. Oh. A, a bad guy who's the old guy would have I, I don't know something like a Reagan I, I, I Republican think it was weird yeah like a Reagan Republican <laughs> yeah that's a bad guy anyway I, just, I think uh, so many the things kid, I, I could have been better I guess the kid was supposed to be our touchstone yeah, but maybe I don't know he was just again the the character of the kid is smart he does a lot of really smart stuff the thing with the map. Oh yeah, was smart. Oh, yeah. Did he eat the map? Is that what was in his mouth? What I don't know what mouth? was in his mouth. He, I don't know. He was grabbing he it, with it his between mouth, the. Right? Yeah, and then but like, it, well, he was like kind of coughing it up. Yeah, like he was trying to swallow it or something. Maybe it was a box of matches. That was a very large map. I don't think he could swallow that. No, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it is wild to too to watch out. these these movies where it's like you're using a map and you have to find a payphone and you have to you know. All that stuff. It's just like, wow. I saw somebody wow. driving while reading a map, and I was like, wow, you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Look at a real live Luddite. 
I remember, like, always, you know, making sure you had a co-pilot on long trips so they could read the map while you were Mm -hmm. driving. Oh, I remember leaving, like, on a road trip, sort of, with you, Marty. And I was was at Ocean Isle. I came down when you guys Mm -hmm. were there. And I left there, going to go to Nags Head. Mm -hmm. And I had my big map because it was, like, a convoluted route to get up Mm -hmm. to Nags Head because I had to drive way inland and then back out. To the, the Outer Banks, right. and I got stopped in some little town near Tarboro, and this guy stopped me for doing like thirty six and a thirty five. Wow! Really? Yeah, and he was like all just like big gun and Adam's apple. It was such a Barney Fife kind of moment. <laughs> he had a bullet in his and pocket. He came up to the truck and says, "Is there any reason you didn't respond to me flashing my blue lights at you?" And I said, "Honestly, sir, I did not see them." I said there was a highway patrolman ahead of me. I was watching him and trying to maintain a safe following distance. And until you, like, he went kind of whoop yep. with the siren. But he had turned his lights on, and I didn't pull over. So he was ready to right. fuck with me. Right. Hmm. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you, sir. I was sir in the hell out of him. <laughs> I was like, sir, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going from Ocean Isle to Nags Head. I am lost. I lost my way on my map. And if there's any way you could help me. And when I asked him to help me, he was like... Well, what you got to do? With, and then he like, got all super helpful and wound up telling me, all right, now you drive safe now. Pay attention to that road. Now, so, but what were you doing that he was like showing you blue lights or anything? You're not from around I was here. going 36 and a 35. Oh, okay. All right. And there was nothing for him to do in that little town except to wait for some guy with that he didn't recognize their vehicle. He's not from there, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, we got some kind of outlander. We have your woman, <laughs> outlander. Yeah, I'm not watching that movie, Mike. Please don't ever suggest it. Oh, I was going to do the whole Children of the Corn quadrilogy. Ooh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, Aren't there, like, I, I, a lot more than that? There's so many. He who walks amongst the rows, right? That's right. Or between the rows. It's one of those. I haven't I seen like the, the short story. Since I was a kid. I think they're all on Shutter. I'm sure they are. Apparently, there's one of them that's like three or four mm-hmm. where somebody wrote it and just went like completely batshit crazy and just put everything in it. Wow. <laughs> there's like monsters and all kinds of craziness. Oh, I, I, I like the one. first movie very much. Yeah, I, I do too. It was very good. Malachi Linda Hamilton. Um, young Linda Hamilton. So. so, yeah, so not so much on Cohen and Tate. I'm glad that we're all sort of on the same page. I was worried it was going to be a. a more um, of a disagreement. Did you, did you think that I was going to love this movie? Julie, I cannot predict you. <laughs> no, well, you are you are sort of the uh, the loose cannon. The wild card. I, you are. I still, guys, am like blown away. And I respect your opinion, but I am still blown away that you guys do not like, did not like Blood Diner. I was, that was the most surprised Sorry. I think I've ever been on an episode. Yeah, it just it hit me wrong. Yeah, that's well, fair. I, I mean, you know, I am still sort of blown away by the fact that you thought the thing that was in the jar with the brain on Blood Diner was a penis. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it, <laughs> it's still surprising. It totally, to me. it totally is. Um, <laughs> and it might. Be. I and will if I ever watch that movie. I could investigate it. But I mean, the jar said. You know, fun. I'm gonna meet Jackie yeah. Kong at some point. You know, mm-hmm. um, she has if a. You can ask her. Yeah, yeah, like maybe like. She has a comic coming out, you know, like I'm sure there'll be like some kind of tour and I'll ask her and 
I'll make sure that to get a video of her saying that. So you guys, you know. So you're gonna say like maybe you could get they a loved your movie. Maybe get a cameo of her. Oh, there oh you go. yeah, maybe she has and Blood one. Diner too. <laughs> you just ask her, say Miss Kong, Please. was that a dick in that jar? Yeah, <laughs> it was a dick in the jar, man. Um, <laughs> I feel strongly so, about that, and with the brain attached. Oh, the brain. Well, just, I mean, that's the way that that's it works. how it works. Julie. <laughs> that's just that's the male anatomy. I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's directly like attached one, to the brain. There is one, that's the primary nerve in the male body. And I think well. it's a joke play on that. You know what, Julie? Okay. It might be smarter than we realized. I didn't I didn't even go there. Yeah. because you're not thinking with your brain. Now i got to reevaluate. <laughs> All right. I'll be back in an hour and a half. I'm going to go watch Blood Diner again. <laughs> I'm not. I will wait. So um, the- I did want to mention... Real quick, that Cohen and Tate is apparently not streaming anywhere. Um, and Fortunately for everyone listening. It doesn't, like on IMDb, <laughs> it does not even list like an Amazon link to buy a VHS or something. I was, so oh, really? you might be able to buy this. I haven't looked, but I would consider the inability to find and watch this a uh, like a God's grace. So just uh, move on. With we watched, you're saying this is a public service thing? <laughs> we watch this so you don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Took it for the team. I think I've heard Marty say that a few times. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> Trust me, I did it this past week. We'll get into that when we get into the uh, what else we've been watching. But um, mm. speaking of what else we've been watching, let's move on to our second film. Mike, what is it? All right. Our second movie is from 1996. So Eric Red has had time to become a much more proficient director. Yes, eight years later. Eight years later, and he gets another like sparkling leading man, Michael Pere, and Mariel Hemingway or Margot Hemingway. Mm-hmm. Ma- Mariel or Mar- Mar- Mariel Hemingway and made Bad Moon. Man. Uh, sorry, Brett. It's the full moon part. In the movies, the guy only turns into a werewolf during the full moon. Well, that's the way it works. When there's a full moon, he turns into the werewolf. Everybody knows that. But why only the full moon? Why not any moon? Well, because that's the way a werewolf works. You have to shoot him with a silver bullet. I bet if you blew his head off with a shotgun, it would do quite nicely. Don't you know anything about werewolves? I know you turn into one if you get bit by one. But the full moon part? Maybe there's different kinds of werewolves, but it's been my experience that anyone will do the trick. Werewolf-wise. Have you ever met a werewolf? I've been acquainted with a few in my time. How about you? Come on. Everybody knows there's no such thing as werewolves. Well, there you go. So this this movie is based on a novel called mm-hmm. Thor. 
and the novel's very well regarded on Amazon. I did look it up and read some reviews of it. Um, people say huh. the book's, surprisingly, the book's better than the movie. I know that's <laughs> going to be shocking to you. Um, but uh, the book is focused on the family's large German shepherd, whose name is Thor. And they have an absolutely phenomenal animal actor in this movie. They do. That yeah. plays Thor. The dog is hands down the MVP of this movie. Well, that and the werewolf suit um, are both, to me, the MVPs. It's a pretty nice werewolf suit. Wait, so... uh, I think so. Did you guys um, read that that's Jason from Jason vs. Freddy? Oh, really? Is this name... uh, In the werewolf suit? mm -hmm. That's cool. No, I did not. I looked at the makeup credits because like, when they showed the werewolf's face... The first time I was like, it's Steve Johnson who worked on like Ghostbusters and Fright Night and mm-hmm. Night of the Demons. And right. I mean, he worked, he was a kid and worked on American Werewolf in London. Yeah. He was part of Baker's crew for that. But like, he has a particular a great sculptural style. He does. Like, when you look at like Evil Ed and Fright Night, when he turns into a wolf, there's something about the structure of his face. And the mouth and stuff uh-huh. that is, you see that, I can see that in this werewolf also. And even when the girlfriend yeah, a, turns vampire? Yeah, that, yes. You know, yes, it does have that jaw structure. That big rictus face. Uh-huh. But, like, the the makeup, like, the attack scenes and, and stuff in this are unbelievably brutal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it starts out with sex in the jungle mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, that chick, like, just gets ripped to shreds. It's amazing. And, and not, like, quickly. It is no. an extended, brutal, like, slaughtering. It was a great scene. It was really yeah. good. She had spectacular nipples. And then... Oh, yeah. A decapitation via shotgun. Oh, yeah. Yes. That head just gets blown off. And wait. I was so on board when this movie started. Because <laughs> it's like... Really cool that opening shot where the camera comes down through the jungle and then it comes mm-hmm. down to their camp, and there's this you know sort of adventurer type character that Michael Perret's playing, and you know he's good looking, and this girlfriend's super hot, and it's all these natives and weird noises, and I'm like, all right, this is well, gonna be fucking good right here. When a movie starts off like that, it's amazing, like Arachnophobia yes. or The Relic. You're like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, any, I mean, it really started off strong. Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, it very it had that that vibe. Right. That it was going for that kind of thing. They never really got it. into like what Michael Perret's thing is. You know, mm-hmm. like when we see inside his camper, we see like uh, like a flying lizard thing that's petrified that he's studying, right. and like a microscope, and so he's clearly science involved. And he was talking about getting things to old Joe or whatever his name is at the beginning like he's out dealing in antiquities and I was like oh I want to know more about that and we never learn anything about the character yeah and all the said. course of his research well the course of his research is radically altered after the opening well yeah that's true he, he becomes focused on what the fuck happened to me and how can I right that? why am I turning into a werewolf and you know he was initially sort of sympathetic because he was doing the right things like going into the woods and handcuffing himself so he would not hurt anybody mm-hmm. so you're kind of like seeing him as a victim and then he just like leans heavy into that fucking werewolf life 
Maybe it just took is over it, his blood. Is it the is it the interaction with Thor that causes that? Because it's like as Thor starts to sort of oh, the dog starts to kind of call him out. Like yeah, exactly. All tires and stuff. And then him pissing on Thor's doghouse. Yes, that's so stupid. Oh that, yeah, that's a good dumb. point. But that's kind of what I took from it is that it was like now he's it's like some doggone werewolf action because like Thor's like you're not moving with your hairy ass into my territory. So. After huh. we see that initial attack, we see a really what I thought was a pretty good scene where, um, again, the, the camera, high camera angle, flying over a, a, a wooded area, and you see a home with a boy playing with his dog, and it's just this incredible shot. It was really mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. And then we see a traveling salesman slash scumbag dude who comes up to the house and wants to like do a thing, ends up being a big fake out, and Mariel Hemingway has... Con man. Maybe the best scene she has in the movie. Yes. Um, and you're like, all right, this is one badass bitch right here. All right, I'm digging this. This is good. And then it just all just sort of like wet farts for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I love that opening thing with the... the like I, <laughs> I, What it made me, uh, put me in a mind of was Greg Stilson. Like it, it's not yes. in the movie The Dead Zone, but in the book... He's a Bible salesman, a door-to-door Bible yes. salesman, and, and he gets sort of accosted by somebody's dog, mm-hmm. and he kicks the dog to death. In the book, yeah, it's it's awful, but it's establishing that this guy's a scumbag, and like that that guy that the salesman in this movie was a big scumbag. But boy, too, does he get his? Yes, he does. This is great. Yeah, oh, was, I mean. The the look of this movie, I think the cinematography was really good. The makeup was great. The location, that British Columbia oh, yeah. wilderness that it was shot in, like every time they were showing his little uh, airstream down next to that lake, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. I want to be there and like go just so fish in that water. And after the after Mariel Hemingway and the boy go up to visit him at his little campsite and. Um, and then the police discover that murdered dude in the woods, and Michael Pere calls. Oh, wait, that how kill was awesome, though. But how did the cops let him leave the area? I mean, he was in the area. Because they thought it was an animal. They were like, there's no oh, way that a, a human bear, did this. Yeah, they yeah, were like, they're, they're like some exactly. kind of like animal ripped to shreds this dude. And when we saw that dude get, die, it was oh, so no. silly because his hard hat, and then he's screaming, and then like, Red Kool Aid just spooges all over oh, yeah. the place. Like it was great. <laughs> yeah, it just like squished his head. Yeah. yeah. I I but, really thought the werewolf was great in this movie. Every time yeah, that his so fangs too. came out, they were a little different and little fun different. and cool. When when the transformation happens, you do at one point get to see the transformation, and it's terrible. But <sighs> when Michael Pere had those dentures in, <laughs> they just look so stupid. I was like, wow, this, like, why even do it if it's going to look that bad? Wait, when he was like an eighth formed? It was when he very first started to change and his eyes had changed and then okay. his teeth changed. And then the transformation proper started after that. Yeah. But okay, he was talking. That transformation is just so. Let's talk about the transformation because this terrible. happens late in the film. We haven't seen him transform. We've seen him. After he's transformed back, we've seen him after he is transformed, but we never see the actual moment. But they, it, near the end of the film, we do see it. And apparently in you know 1996, uh, CGI was just, you just had to have some of it in the film. So they 
they use CGI to kind of Kai's power tool his fucking face <laughs> while the physical transformation, <laughs> the actual on-camera thing is happening, and it just makes it look so bad. Well, it's kind of like... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... Go ahead, Jill. I'm sorry. It's kind of like on the Zoom when you have a filter and like it kind right. of like shifts and you can see it shifting off of the face. Cause it's, cause uh, but it's, it was just like it was a good. It was probably a great physical yes. transformation. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, you know, because there's like, no way that they could build that wolf and make that wolf man or werewolf and make it look so good that they couldn't pull off a transformation. Agreed. Well, you know how like um, people use CGI now to sort of just um, up the ante a little bit, so they'll add blood splatter a little bit or remove right. a thing or just give something a little more impact. Mm-hmm. I think in this case they said that's a great effect. How can we make it better? I know. Let's put a little swirly CGI distortion on it. And it was like, oh, actually, no. That actually takes away from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's obfuscate all the effects by making them right. unseeable. Right. Yeah. Now, maybe if we could see them without it, maybe we'd kind of go, ooh, I can see the edges and the seams. So maybe there was a reason. But I don't feel mm-hmm. like probably that's the case. I doubt it. I think it was, like you said, it's more just that like that was the flavor of the day to use some CGI. <laughs> I thought Michael Pere was better than Marielle Hemingway in the movie, just in general. Um, Agreed. But the the dialogue was bad. Well, because he was also that weird uncle. Like, Definitely. you know, he was just giving me like some Stephen King vibes. Yeah, you know, some like Jack where shit. Like, yeah, when yeah. when like the dog is being hauled away and he has that creep wave that yeah. he's Ooh, doing. I did not like any of that. I didn't like that at all. Where you're that like, scene Ooh. went on way too long with them dragging that dog away. Oh, that made me so sad. Made me very, me very sad. I love that the kid went and rescued the dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was that amazing. that was great. And that was a cool scene, the way that was shot. And the, the, the only bad part was when Thor jumps over and the kid goes, all right. <laughs> you know, it was like kind of, I was like, oh. Dennis the Menace. He's a better kid actor, I think. He's than, better than the kid in Cohen and Tate, but that's not yes. saying much. Well, I mean, he was good enough, as I mistakenly mentioned before, to go on and star in Dennis the Menace. So, well, there you go. So, you know, a solid kid actor. Yeah. He is no Jane North, but. Uh, no, he is not. The original Dennis the Menace. <laughs> um, so, my, my notes are great opening. Then Marielle Hemingway is terrible, and then Michael <laughs> Pere amateurish sometimes, and then Thor is amazing. Those are my first three notes on the film. The, he was the best. The thing about Michael Pere is in this movie, this is I've seen him in quite a few things. Sure, this is one of his better performances. He's been good Agreed. in stuff, but he's in never, a few things. He's never great in anything. The only no, I think he's just one of those guys. He looks good. Yeah, he's good looking. I mean, he's all good looking. He's all cut up, and, you know, big dude. The only thing that I like kept on thinking about him was, man, being a werewolf would be kind of expensive. Like he just ha- had to like keep on getting new shoes and different clothes. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing because they made such a point of showing off his white leather Nikes. They bought a lot that of I those. I was thinking, like, how many fucking pairs of Nikes has but he got? I was really, I was like, they buy like fifty. 60 pairs, you know? <laughs> like, take your shit off, put it in a plastic bag, and leave it near the tree so that when you transform <laughs> and you come back the next morning, you got a nice dry pair like of Superman? shoes to put on. Go to a that would have actually booth, been you know? the, a cool thing to show. Well, sure. Is that let him walk out in the woods and show him, get undressed, put all his stuff it, away. In a plastic bag, <laughs> chain keep it dry. Stand so there. Chain himself to the tree. Just stand Maybe there awkwardly naked next to a tree. <laughs> 
some ta- like some moist wipes. Well, I mean, he could have. Yeah, he'd need something to clean up because you're probably going to be covered with blood unless unless you didn't escape from your bonds. Right. But also, you're going to want a towel to dry your feet off and do all that stuff right. before you start putting your clothes back on. <laughs> I mean, to me, there's like, yeah, show us a dude that's living with this. Some of that new, like, loomy butt crack deodorant <laughs> stuff they've got. What if he had, like, a camper shower that he just brings with them everywhere? It's right. Part of his One backpack. of those you hang in a tree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just hang in the tree, or, chain up to the same tree the next morning. Or he ties himself up near a waterfall so he can just go stand under it in the morning and he's Ooh. clean. Anyway. All right. So I think we've, we've improved this movie already. <laughs> so um, I, I didn't buy the turn that Michael Perret's character has where he turns from victim into horrible monster going to kill his sister and, and their and her son. Like, I just think there was no, oh, I see how this, where things changed. It was just mm-hmm. like he was, like you said, Julie, a little creepy, but also like he clearly loved his sister, you know, and had a relationship with his nephew and stuff like that. And he just sort of whoop into insane Mm-hmm. Very quickly, but I liked that end thing, the where they fight and the dogs chewing him up. Mm-hmm. I loved that. It was great. Me too. Very intense. I think it has. To, I and I mean, I'm not saying this has to be the case, but to me, it it has to have something to do with the interaction between him and, and Thor. Thor. Yeah. And and sense. the and the alpha thing is what makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We but I was just like the whole time. Okay, so, spoiler alert, like, the mom blows the head off, right? But I'm like, is that gonna, is that gonna come back? Like, is that a silver bullet? Or, I mean, God, well, this movie was like so, the one, silver bullet. Did they? It didn't for the one in the jungle. Right. Like, when he blew that one's head off. And then, then he has okay. a conversation where he goes, well, I found that a shotgun to the head will take care of the problem pretty handily. You know, he says mm-hmm. that. Okay. And the kids like, like, what have you known? Have you seen werewolves? Well, I might have known a couple in my time. Oh. You know, so he's, he's speaking from experience. He says, "I've not seen werewolves, but I've had drinks with Warren Zevon." Exactly. Wait, do you yeah, think in that a cafe in Soho? Do you think that his girlfriend that he had sex with in the beginning and then got ripped to shreds by the werewolf is now like a hot chick werewolf somewhere? No, she like was, she's like a goner, was, right? Yeah, yeah, she's ripped too much apart. Okay. I think it's like when you get attacked by zombies. If you're attacked to the point that you're no longer ambulatory, then you're not a threat. Man, but you're but you're still a zombie, right? But I wouldn't right. want to, you know, be one of those like ugly zombies. They're all ugly oh, if eventually. I, yeah, I mean, eventually you're gonna. Is there a hot zombie that you guys remember? The, I don't remember one. The girl in Return of the Living Dead three is hot trash. at first. Oh. Oh, no. no. Well, trash. Come on. Yeah. And she still got the bod. Yeah. Even though her face is all fucked up. See, there you go. Yeah, number three. Her name's Julie. Yes, it is. Because the, the actress's name is Mindy something. Uh-huh. Because, so like, I hate Return 2. I do not like that movie. Um, but three. Yeah, three is good. Three it. is fun. She's like a biker chick. I can deal with it. Yeah, kind of. She's like very punk rock. Yeah. We watched that for the podcast, Julie. Wasn't that something you recommended? No, no. Eli gave it to me. I think I just uh, talked about it. I think we've done that on the show, but I'm not sure. Have we? I thought we had. Um, She's directed by Brian Usner. So I think we can all agree that Bad Moon is a much 
better, more fun movie than Cohen and Tate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I would rather watch Silver Bullet than this movie again. There's, yeah, I would rather watch about a hundred things than this yeah. movie again. But it's at least this has something to recommend. And I can say that this movie is available on multiple streaming platforms, mm-hmm. including like Crackle and Freebie and stuff like that. So if if anything we've said has tweaked, uh, uh, sort of piqued your interest, you can definitely uh, find this one for free. I think this one is ultimately satisfying. It's problematic, yeah. but ultimately satisfying. So you're not going to be like, I didn't come away from it like, oh. No, I wasn't mad time. at the end of this one like I was at the other one. <laughs> well, because this one has like cool kills. And it has a yeah, great exactly. dog. It, the dog was amazing. Yeah, a great, a great dog part. and a great werewolf. It mm-hmm. was getting to me too. Like you know, the whole idea of a dog and everything was just getting to me. So like, I'm a huge sucker for that stuff. Yeah, like that's why. Like when they came and took the dog away, I was. Mm-hmm. I know. Just and then when yeah when he waved, I was like, oh fuck you, mm-hmm. Michael Perre. Well, all of the stuff when the dog got hurt. Anytime the dog got hurt, I was just I like, I was not enjoying it. Please don't do that. But that dog like threw that werewolf out the window, and that was awesome. Super. He like went out the second floor window with Mm -hmm. them, and the dog was still okay. That was great. The hero dog, service animal. So yeah, so Eric, Eric the Red, we watched two of his movies. I really don't feel compelled to go and explore any more of his filmography. This was not a thing where I'm like, oh my god, I got to know more about this dude. Yeah, I mean, this was my, the reason I picked these is because this is sort of like to me. This is kind of what we do is we find like somebody who was a figure mm-hmm. to some degree, like had some you know made a splash, and then go look at what they kind of moved into after their initial right hurrah. And sometimes it's it's fun and successful, and then sometimes it's this. Yeah. Well, they 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 both had so. things to recommend them. I mean, the cast and stuff. Like I said, we've seen. Scheider do great stuff. We've seen Adam Baldwin mm-hmm. do good stuff. We've seen Michael Pere in entertaining films. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, these all should be worth watching. But they just weren't. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. But this was, I would say, half and half. Win to hold them. Yeah, I mean, it was half and half. I don't know. Bad Moon was, was fun. Like, yeah. And I, yeah. you know, it really was a fun watch. Yeah, I totally enjoyed my time with Bad Moon. Yeah. Like, totally. It just I think. was dumb, but it wasn't annoying. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't angry. I was angry at the end of Cohen and Tate. I just was wanted it to be over. I, I told Mike, this was like the longest hour and 26 minutes, maybe ever. Like, it just kept going. I'd I, be like, well, it's got to be over. And I would pause it and get, would have like 45 minutes left. I was like, oh, fuck. God damn. I honestly was like, the guys are going to like it. And I'm going to be like, oh, it was so boring. Was so boring. <laughs> well, that's just so, yeah. Like, I wanted so much for them to, I, honestly, I didn't, because I had not, you know, read ahead, I guess. I expected them to actually get to Houston and there be like a a thing with whoever it is that they were taking the kid to. Yeah. Like I wanted to see like mobsters, like show me yeah. like, you know, a group of them. And well, they do. I was ready to see like the, the Texas mafia. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and then yeah. I did, I did like the ending and how that sort of wrapped. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I thought that was a cool little button on the end. Oh man. 
I don't know, I'm just going to say it. Like, both these movies end with, like, head throat shots. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the way they ended Cohen and Tate. I did think that was strong. Yeah, if you <laughs> want to see Roy, like, characters were dead. shoot his thro- throat out. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a good, that was, I thought it, it was. was appropriate to the character. I thought it was a strong punch in, well, uh, of an ending. Wait, but, like, he ended it with, he was like, how old are you, kid? And he's like, nine. He's like, how about that? And then he just like shoots himself yeah. in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I thought that my, was cool. favorite, my favorite review that I read on IMDb about Cohen and Tate was, the title of the review was, Is it advisable to mail cash? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he put a, um, a watch in there, too, which I was yes. like, how many stamps did you put on there, buddy? Yeah, I was pretty sure that wasn't going to get there. You know, as soon as that goes through a sorting machine, it's going to tear the envelope. So it's mm-hmm. just like, it's, none of this is going to work. That I should know. have been a padded envelope. One time when I was a kid, I mailed my friend like a bag full of marbles. I swear I thought you were going to say weed. I did, too. Uh, uh, no, I mean... Um, I'm just gonna be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had people like come in with a envelope with uh, substances in it, and I've been like, "Oh wow, that's very bold." But yeah, yeah they, so it happens. Bolder y'all. than bolder than I would be. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I would not do it. Um, so, uh, shall we move on and talk about what else we've been watching well, yeah, here sure. in the new year? Yeah. Who Who would like to go first? Why don't you guys, somebody go, and I will, I need to refer to my, uh, okay. letterbox. I'll, I'll take, I'll take to it. To make sure I don't miss anything. Go, Julie, go. All right, I have my list here. Okay, so, um, bloody, or Christmas, bloody Christmas, 2022, Dude, it was on Shudder. I, I loved that. I fucking loved it. I love Joe Bigos, will the you marry me, dialogue. please? The dialogue was like what I, what what Rob Zombie does with just an unending stream of profanity, and it sounds so forced and terrible. Mm-hmm. This dude does it, and these actors made that shit work. Yeah, well, he can do that grime, and he can make a movie grimy, but he can also make it sexy at the same time. And, and funny. It was so funny because it's like yeah, like just a bunch of like thirty-year-old like media kids that yeah. like pretty much like fight off a malfunctioning evil RoboCop Santa. I couldn't believe it worked as well as it did because it's just such a sort of nonsense bit of storytelling. But he had like really good actors Mm -hmm. and really amazing cinematography and 100% solid special effects. Yes, it was fantastic. Yeah, I've raved about that to people. I'm glad that you liked that. Yeah, I was was a huge fan. Mike, what did you think of it? I have not seen it. Oh, you need to check it out, man. As I am quiet. <laughs> it's like, I'm, like, That's oh, awesome, Julie. Like I'm so happy you saw it. Yeah, yeah. Vice versa. Um, I'm glad you liked it. It was it was really good. Yeah, the, I would. The other I love Joby movie, um, Violent Night, I think is coming on Peacock. Maybe. Oh, okay. I haven't. One with David Harbour. I haven't seen that. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I think I think I like looked it up at one point, and then it was like fourteen dollars to rent it, and I was like, mm, yeah. "I'm good." Yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Fourteen bucks for Violent Night. Yeah, but it was like right, you know, at Christmas time, I guess. Right when it was fresh. Yeah, hot off the press. 
Um, okay, another Shutter movie that I saw was Burial. Now, I thought it was kind of like a missed opportunity. Also, it was a little like, why is this on Shutter? Um, mm-hmm. Because the, like my expectation was paranormal Nazi werewolves just like slaying allies. I'm sorry, Grandpa, I said that. <laughs> Like, um, but uh, but like burial was like less of a myth and magical thinking, and it was like more of like real guerrilla style fighters with bears, like bearskin suits. Um, oh, interesting. And and so like hmm. I I don't know. I just can't believe it was on Shutter, but it was a good movie, and I do love like World War Two and like World War Two like history and stuff. Cause so, um. There, there's like a book that I read a long time ago and it was like about like his, like Hitler's monsters and it is yeah. all kind of like they talk about like the supernatural like um, tr- like kind of tropes of like the Third Reich but um, uh, it, so like that was a thing that, that is real like there were these guys that were called werewolves that were like in the woods um, like and, berserkers and so, sort of thing yeah but mm-hmm. it was just trying to like scare people so I don't know. I just really well, wish that it was like... the Third Reich was like... They were deep, like hard into supernatural. They were, which was so interesting. Metaphysical kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's... Um, but it was also kind of like a last-ditch like effort to well, scare people. I did, I did look up Burial, and it's the little... The one-sentence description is, a small group of Russian soldiers have the task of taking Hitler's discovered remains back to Stalin in Moscow. Mm-hmm. That's very. That sounds awesome. It's it's a yeah, really awesome. good movie. I just couldn't believe that it was on like Shutter, and I was just like, okay, wow. this is just like a World War Two movie, you know. Which I I just thought because it was that was my assumption that because it was on Shutter, it was going to be more supernatural. Like, um, so I was like, oh, okay, like this is just like a good World War Two movie, and I appreciated yeah. it. Um, well, damn, that's Draco Draco Malfoy there in the lead. Oh yeah, yeah. That's oh, wild. that's who that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Tom cool. Felton. So, um, I've been on a John Candy kick as well. Okay, so not a bad thing. That was great. Cannot go wrong. It's like very like comfort oriented. Um, only the lonely volunteers. Uh, the great outdoors. Um, I don't know. He's just like pure and wonderful. And uh, yes. I don't know. I wish we had that guy for longer, right? Mm-hmm. Me too. So. He's great. Um, oh, okay. So a movie that I watched the first time was uh, Vals. The Vals. It's from 1983, and it's a bunch of valley girls. And they're uh, amazingly exaggerated valley girls. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah, one of these girls like was Moon like, Zappa. oh, my God, barf me out so young. And I was like, ugh, I'm going to use that grody to the max. They're just like, it was so weird. But, okay, the funniest thing about this is that these valley girls steal one of their daddies, who is Chuck Connors, they steal his Coke that's embedded in his condom collection, and then they cut it, and then they sell it to save an orphanage. And it was okay, very silly good. and hysterical. This does sound good. It was, it was really funny. Um, yeah, this sounds like something that is worthy of an episode. <laughs> I mean, I 1 million percent recommend it to everyone. It's cheesy, and yeah, we should definitely do an episode of it. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, 47 Hours to Live. Um, this was a DVD that um, Nick Caesar, um, check him out on Instagram. Um, he's an artist. He's the guy that um, did amazing 
uh, rendition of all of us. Yeah, that was very badass. Uh, of the cave. He draws like right. great you monsters. Have that on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he uh, through the Dallas VHS swap, we had a gift exchange, and he gave this to me. So forty-eight hours, hours to live. Forty-seven hours to live. Yes. Okay. And um, it it was so ridiculous. It was like it follows with like the burn of like a Freddy STD. Um, it was wow. filmed in Dallas at the Galaxy Drive-In Theater, and okay. um, it was just like really interesting. And um, there was like a shitty like Freddy tongue coming out of like a, a iPhone, which I thought was a really funny effect. And apparently, you can watch it on freebie. Oh, just cool. So okay. So. Okay. Is it forty-seven hours? You said mm-hmm. to live. Forty-seven. Yeah, so that was cheesy. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, oh, I revisited Final Destination from two thousand. Now, never seen any of those. I have not either. So I realized that I saw the first one in the theater, and I really hadn't thought about it since. But I mean, I just I saw a trailer, then I ended up watching it. I was like, oh okay. I just I bought this like cheap copy for like five bucks on eBay, because um, I was like, oh, let me like relive my like. Devin Sawa boner, um, but uh, but I've never seen the other ones. Uh, but yeah, Stifler's in it, and he loses his head. And Tony Todd is a Reaper mortician, and oh, oh wow, it it was like a movie that really stuck with me actually just right now because um, I went on a road trip to Philly uh, last week, and then I just like kept on looking around, and I was like, everything's gonna kill me. It made me a little paranoid. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I would I would suggest it. I think it's great. Um, ooh, okay, guys. I saw Jason Lives. You know, Jason Part Six in the theater, and seeing that on the big screen was an absolute dream. It was wow. so awesome to see that kill count. Um, it, yeah, I just I loved it, and like seeing that like fucking jason maggot infested dehydrated <laughs> testicle like he was so good i love jason in that movie i don't i like the I guy that tom one, like, uh swear tommy jarvis tom matthews is that the one where they go to the they dig him up and the lightning yep strikes it's like yeah. Tom, yeah tom matthews and yeah, ron horshack Yep. Ron Palillo, yeah. they go to the yeah, graveyard. That's the last one I watched, I think. I don't think I've seen any. And action. that was directed by oh. the guy that did One Dark Night, uh, Tom... McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. Wow, you haven't seen any past six? I don't believe so. <gasps> I've seen I've seen, seen Freddy versus Jason. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Jason goes to Manhattan. If I were to create a top five. Oh, that's right. I've seen X, the one reason space. Yeah. Okay. So um, I might have seen more, but I've not okay. seen the one there. He goes you haven't to seen seven or eight. I mean, seven uh, or eight. Maybe. If I were, if I were to create a top five list right now, like mm-hmm. six, seven and eight would be on it. Wow. Really? Of the series. Yeah. Uh, of I the like series. six, but I, I'm not like eager to go back to it either. Oh man, the kills were so good in that. Yeah, it's I mean, so it funny fine. to me though. And and Jason uh, goes to Manhattan, the, oh my God. which is eight. Eight, eight. I think, yeah, right? it's so silly, yeah. but I do love they it. They get on a boat. They get on a boat in New Jersey, and they sail for like three days. I mean, to get to Manhattan, they're in the boat for longer than anything else. 
Yeah. It's like Cohen and Tate in the car. <laughs> yeah, it is It is a long time to get to it. But there are actually some good kills, even within the boat. I like when, like, that, like, like there's, like, a bunch of chicks that get killed in that movie. It's pretty great. In the boat. Oh, like, there's one where he punches this dude's head off and then, <laughs> like, rolls down the roof line and down another thing and then falls into a dumpster and the dumpster closes mm-hmm. on it. That was awesome. And they, I think it's what it always struck me is that they probably had enough dough to go film in Times Square or wherever they did for a, a night with those punks so like, and like yeah so like they went out and shot like all this stuff in the city and the subway too the, with the rec with, yeah, with the recognizable landmarks mm-hmm. the way Lucio Fulci right. would do it like he did in Zombie he would shoot in New York for yeah for a day or two and just make sure that you shot the Statue of Liberty, the Brooklyn Bridge, right. the Twin Towers, like all the recognizable landmarks. Absolutely. And then the rest of it happens in on top of a building in New Jersey that's passing for <laughs> Southern California a lot of times. You know, just true. Okay. <laughs> Probably like I think it was like Nova Scotia or something. It was so like you, so you, so you said you saw part six on a in a theater. Oh yeah, I saw it at the Alamo. Um, oh cool, nice. In Raleigh? Yeah, yeah. I just like drove out there on Friday the 13th and saw it. Oh. Um, so, yeah. it was. Cool. Those, are, those movies are way more fun with an audience. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know. Because they're really audience participation kind of thing. Yeah, because they're silly and ridiculous. And I, I love Seven because it's just like essentially a giant party and a bunch of like sexta teens like just having a blast or college kids. Whatever. And telekinesis. Yeah, like Carrie versus Jason, which yeah. people hate on it, but I love that movie. It's it's I think it's my favorite Jason and a lot of times a lot of days it's my favorite uh Friday the thirteenth. I think for me it's the part four, the final chapter. Mm, that one's good. I really like that one. Yeah. And I really like just for Crispin Glover's dancing. <laughs> yeah, <For sure>. yeah. <laughs> No, it is a good one. And it's cool because, like, Corey Feldman, like, has, like, all of those masks and stuff. His bedroom is incredibly cool. Full of shit made by Tom Savini because Tom Savini came back to do those effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, like, went whole hog into it. Like, did a lot of crazy. Yeah, the kills in that were gore stuff. Were great. Yeah. But I. Where he's chopped in the head with the machete and then falls and slides down the blade. Oh, yeah. Jason. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Nice. Um. All right. What else I got here? Uh, Deadstream. That's on Shutter too. Yeah, I've heard um, mixed things. So I haven't. I wasn't like gonna watch it. So what are your? What's your opinion? So it, it's a live stream, you know. Right. So it's it's you gotta be okay with that. But okay. It was so much better than I could have anticipated. Um, oh wow. Okay. I, I guessed the entire plot, but still all of these crazy-ass puppets were, like, jumping out, and I just thought it ruled. Um, it's just kind of, like, following one guy, but I I thought it was super unique, and it kind of totally. um, had those, like, Evil Dead kind of vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was super oh, cheesy, and you you knew that they were like puppets, and they were really ridiculous and exaggerated. But I loved it. 
Like I, yeah. Are they the monsters, the puppets? Is that what you're... Some... Or is it like puppet puppets? Uh, no. Good question. They're ghosts. It's like a ghost story. So okay. he's live okay. streaming in this ghost house. Um, oh, I have... Because he goes in alone. Uh-huh. Yes. I saw like a little trailer thing for this. It was a trailer or like a thing just kind of talking about the movie. Yeah. But yeah. It, I, I thought it was fantastic. Because isn't he like, isn't his character like somebody that was sort of like a, a web presence and did something problematic? Yes, you're correct. And sort of gets, almost gets deplatformed, but then this is like, this is going to be the thing that brings him back to. Uh-huh. I think he got like demonetized for like six months, so he couldn't be on there. And then he right. he's trying to make a comeback and he's trying to do something that's like not cruel. Because like, I think he like fought a homeless guy and paid him and like. <laughs> Did some things that, you know, like just probably weren't the best to do. Um, And and so now he's trying to make a comeback and do something brave. And this is like a crazy haunted house, like one of the most haunted houses in America that he could afford to film in. And then he locks himself in the house in these different ways. And you're like, damn, that's stupid. You're going to regret that. And he does. And, you know, like just multiple times. And you're just like, okay, okay. But it was, to me, comical. I, I enjoyed it. It's just sounds- going knowing it's stupid as hell, right? And and you're going to laugh. So I, I watched it with my buddy and we were drinking. And it was kind of the perfect platform to do that in. A couple beers that deep, helps too. you know, and... Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, I think that's all I got. Uh, that's good stuff. Y- yeah. All right. Next. Marty, you want to go? Or? I can, or you can. I can go. Yeah. All right, so I finally did get around to watching Bullet Train. Ooh, what did okay. you think? I loved it. It was just super... Again, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. It's not like, but it's, it's no, no part of it. Yes, and no part of it is meant to be taken seriously, but it was a lot of fun. It's a fun action. Um, a lot of amazing gore and kills in it, too, which was good. Uh, all right, we went through a spate of, we had watched Silent Night, Deadly Night mm-hmm. back in sort of early December. And so Dylan and I wound up watching Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, 3, and 4. Nice. Okay. okay. What do you? I haven't I seen any of those. So what do you like two through four? Like what? What are your thoughts? Oh, diminishing returns. Okay, for sure. Uh, two. There's the lead guy, and he is like, I don't know how much you remember about Silent Night, Deadly Night, but like the kid sees his parents murdered, and there's a baby in the car that's his younger brother. Mm-hmm. Well, the younger brother is sort of the lead character, the baby was the lead character in part two mm-hmm. and he's recovering from all the shit that he saw mm-hmm. in the orphanage growing up and he does he's like the greatest eyebrow acting <laughs> you've Such ever seen some good eyebrow this, moves the dude the dude in the cube is a rank amateur compared to no, this guy. i find that hard to believe <laughs> this guy like not not he doesn't move his eyebrow to every word he says but i think it's every syllable wow he looks like his head is being attacked by angry caterpillars. <laughs> so, but it's you know dumb fun. Uh, watched Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. which I had not seen. Oh, okay, with Adam Sandler. And, yeah, okay. yeah, really, Sandler. really fucking amazing. Cool. Uh, and uh, watched what was the one that they made? Good Time. 
the movie that the Satfi brothers made before Uncut Gems with Robert Pattinson. That's got Jimmy J.J. Walker in it. Is he in that? I didn't remember him being in it, but... I was making a joke, dude. Good times. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, hell, you know, he could be on there telling you about how to get better Medicare mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> but that would be Good Times nice, is... Honestly, if he would. <laughs> good Times is amazing. Good Times. And Uncut Gems is amazing. And Good Times, the show with, with Florida and James is good. I do like that show. Oh, let's see. We watched Catch the Heat. Did I watch that one? No. Uh, New Year's Evil. Sorry. So funny. Yeah. And we watched New Year's Evil. Sounds like you were in a uh, zone. When we watched New Year's Evil. Silent Night, Deadly Night, New Year's Evil. I mean, what was next? Yeah, we were we were celebrating the holidays. Celebrating the holidays (laughs) properly. We watched something called Razor Sharp. Julie. What was that about? Oh, it's... uh, Oh, what is the guy's name? You would let me. I'm going to have to do a. a Mike has a described second. it very similar to the Neil Breen stuff, or oh. the um, the dude that did Get Even. Get him in. Okay. That that. All right. If 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 either of those movies were about like a stuntman martial artist, imagine yeah, basically that level of of filmmaking. Uh, power applied to like a a martial arts action thriller okay you have my attention you should you should check it out i think if there's a person on the planet that would watch it and genuinely like enjoy the hell out of it it would be you. <laughs> okay i love this all right so razor sharp um wait from 2001 Yes. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this looks yeah, put, awesomely put that, shitty. Put that on your. <laughs> it, it is. It is. That. Okay. This makes me happy. I was looking to see if it was available. Like it's probably on Prime or Freebie or some somewhere. His vengeance is cutting edge. <laughs> yes. Well, that dude is like done it all. The Troy N. Ashford, director, writer, and star. Yeah, he's he is like a Neil Breen level cinematic. Master. Uh, watch the Office Space again, which never gets oh, old. Yeah. Classic. Uh, watch Slumber Party Massacre, which I really like, actually. Nice. Revisited Seven Psychopaths. Right. Uh, Writing Wrongs with Cynthia Rothrock and some other dude that I don't know who, but it was like a batshit crazy. Uh, martial arts thing that you would probably do too oh cool hang on let me get the guy's name because I'm going to say his name and you're going to go oh yeah so Julie that guy that made uh, Razor Sharp his Mm -hmm. second film his only other film is called Unkillable from 2018 ooh I'm looking at that cover Fred Williamson's in it what's up and Tom Tom Sizemore yep another relic this guy's name is B I A O, so Bao, Bao Yun, and and writing wrongs. Hmm. See what else he's done. I feel certain that you've seen him because he's in like the Ultimate Crime Fighter, Rob B Hood, just another Pandora's box, like all these oh, yeah. martial arts. Yeah, yeah, I've seen this guy. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I've seen all of these guys. Um, yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah. Um, and steel and lace, we... I'm going to be honest about this. We started it, and I made it through part of it and quickly fell asleep. Oh, Steel and Lace is good. It was sort of a RoboCop meets Naked Vengeance mm-hmm. sort of rape revenge thing about a cybernetically altered woman. Yeah, that movie is good. But it, which one? Steel and Lace? Yes, I saw that not too long ago. Yeah. It put me to sleep that night, but um, I mean, it's there cheesy, could have been right? other things at work. <laughs> <coughs> so that's me. But you forgot some good um, watches. Terrifier 2. Oh, yeah, I did forget that. What did you think, I Mike? I watch it. I haven't watched oh. it. I forgot to watch it. This is just as normal. I'm just fucking like, with Mike. <laughs> giving me some shit. Well, he watched all of the fucking Merry Christmas movies. But he's scared. Oh, you didn't put those on your in your diary. The Hallmark. No, the, we watched the the Silent Night Deadly Night. Oh, okay. That's what he's talking yeah, about. But talking I about. didn't watch Terrifier too, because <clears throat> I'm scared. You guys made me scared. So, Mike, I don't think I even talked to you about this, but I did watch Possum. Oh, really? Yes, from the Garth Marenga guy. Garth Marenga, yeah. Um, Absolutely devastatingly dark and grimy and weird and maybe just a little bit funny, but like one of it's just an absolute psychological just fuck like just fuck your brain movie. It was really interesting. Hmm. Um, was it like it, and I don't, obviously it wasn't enjoyable? It doesn't sound like, but was it, it impressive? It's impressive, and I'm not saying it's not enjoyable, but it is like. If it's a comedy, and I kind of think it is, it's the darkest, one of the darkest comedies I've ever seen. Um, wow. But it's like really, really, really super duper fucked up. Um, what's that? Um, and I've talked to you both about this movie. I talked about Julie. I talked about this to Julie at her apartment, The Nobodies. Um, yeah, you did talk to oh, me about yeah. But this is this movie that I didn't know for days after watching it that it wasn't real. But it's a trauma production about um, a dude... It's, it's all fictional but the story is this dude and his girlfriend made a movie um, a like slasher movie and uh, they lived in Alabama and um, and they released it they did like a big world premiere thing at the local civic center and the town people were so upset by the level of violence in the film that they started to think this filmmaker was a Satan worshiper so the, the controversy in the town later drove the dude and his girlfriend to suicide. So that's the sort of um, world that this movie sort of exists in. So this film, The Nobodies, is essentially a documentary about these fictional filmmakers and their life that was cut short by their own suicide mixed with footage from the film that they supposedly made that caused all this controversy. So it's a mockumentary combined with a shitty slasher movie tied together, and it is fucking compelling as hell and really interesting. And um, and then the backstory behind the whole thing and like how it actually was made is even more interesting. So The Nobodies is really, really interesting. Um, it's from 2018, and it's definitely worth checking out. Parker and I watched Adult Swim's Yule Log, um, which is 
maybe the best thing I saw last year. I don't know. It literally blew my mind in every single way. It is a mindfuck of the highest order and um, unique and weird and completely 100% something you two motherfuckers should be watching. <laughs> it's good. Um, we, I rewatched, Mike, I know you don't hear me say that that often. I rewatched 8-Bit Christmas with Parker when he was home. I thought it was very good. It's really good. Um, I watched the new Knives Out mystery, Gla- Glass Onion, on HBO. It was very good. Um, long, but not in a bad way. Watched Pearl, the sequel to X. And I fucking thought it was great. And I liked it more than X. Um, and Mia Goth is a fucking genius actor. Yeah, she's, she's incredible. Incredible. But I thought everybody was really good in it. And that movie is fucked up. Like, it... That yeah. shit that was fucked up. So, really good. You know, Martin, Martin Scorsese said that it was, like, the, one of the best movies of the year. It's absolutely a masterpiece, I think. Yeah. And her acting, yeah. I don't mean, I know she won't get nominated, but she should. She should have. Um, especially for the ending mm. credits. Um, I watched a movie called Woo! Becoming Ric Flair. So, it's a, a sort of a <laughs> biography of the wrestler Ric Flair. What was it, it called was again? Awesome. I can't do it. My throat hurts. <laughs> woo. Becoming go, woo. I think it's on, it might be on Prime, uh, but it's really good. Um, very interesting and a tragic <laughs> tale. I mean, the dude's had an up and down life and like late, late in his life, he just had tragedy after tragedy and he's still doing it and still pretty full of himself, but it's, it's a very charming look at a, a dude that I was aware of. I watched a documentary about the Hillsong Church, which is an Australian church, a big mega church thing about their history and how they came to America and these very sort of uh, charismatic preachers they have. Um, I watched a movie called The Invitation, which I think is on HBO. Um, it wasn't very good, I didn't think. Um, I've heard stuff yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a woman. It, it gets got in, some buzz. A woman. There's a very good-looking British guy in it who's, like, naked a lot. Um <laughs> So a, a woman, uh, she does the Twenty Three and Me type genetic thing, and finds out they get they send an email. Go, hey, your cousin in England would like to talk to you. Do you <laughs> want to be introduced to them? And so she does, and he's super wealthy, and so he comes. Uh, he's in America, so he sees her, and then he goes, yes, you should come over. We're having a big party and all this stuff. And I know the rest of the family would love to meet you. So that's the invitation. She goes over there and things are not what they seem. Oh, and it's like a really like regal house, right? Oh, it's an enormous like yeah. house. And okay. the Lord of the Manor is this really good looking British guy. I saw this trailer. Um, okay. Like the dude is nuts good looking. And like he is, uh, he looks like Sean Connery. Like, Sean Connery when he was 25. I mean, he's just <laughs> fucking physically perfect. Um, then I did a lot of traveling, and I was in New York, and Parker and I, to show off his brand new OLED TV, we watched John Wick Chapter 3, which I had seen, but we watched it to just sort of get an f- idea for the, the sound system and TV, and it was ridiculous. Nice. Like 75-inch OLED that I was sitting like five feet from, so <laughs> right. pretty overwhelming. Awesome. I watched an absolutely terrible movie um, on Shutter called A Wounded Fawn. Um, okay. I would say avoid it at all costs. Keep it beyond arm's length. It was absolutely el terrible. Um, just don't watch it. Um, watched a really great documentary on HBO called This Place Rules that's dealing with the, the January 6th 
Um, That's yeah. amazing. Kind of devastating in some ways, but mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I watched um, The House with Will Ferrell. It's one of those things that I'd always wanted to watch and hadn't watched. It's got an amazing cast of like great comedians, Nick Kroll. It's like and Manzoukas. And Manzoukas and Amy Poehler and all these people. It's just really great. Is it good? It's, it is totally plenty. It's like, you know, it's a McDonald's cheeseburger. It's satisfying okay. and everything, but it's not going to like light the world on fire. I watched an just absolutely terrible fucking movie <laughs> called The Price We Pay. And this is one that I took for the team. So um, so The Price We Pay, which has Vernon Wells, fucking Wes from Road Warrior in it. And mm-hmm. it is a goddamn piece of shit. The price <laughs> we pay. Um, what's the dude, Mike? The Stephen Dorff. Dorf is the lead. And Emil, Emil, Emil Hirsch. Hirsch is the co-lead, co-captain. And it's terrible. It's just terrible. It starts off kind of interesting and sort of strong, and then it just shits the bed, and it's terrible. Um, if you want to see Stephen Dorff in something good, watch Blade Ooh, yeah. or watch Botched. Um, and if you want to see Emil Hirsch in something good, watch The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes. And no, both of these dudes the have gate, done good too. work. Um, oh, The Gate, yeah. And because I watched the Ric Flair documentary, Amazon suggested a movie called 350 Days, which I watched, another wrestling documentary. And I'm not like a huge wrestling fan, but this stuff is really fascinating to me to talk to these old-timey wrestlers and they tell their story. Um, saving one for last. Um, <clears throat> um, and then I, um, Last night I watched Pray for the Devil. Pray, P-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on... Um, Shutter, I think, or HBO. It's on one of those. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, it is. Um, it's from last year, and it is. So it, it it supposes that exorcism is real. The Catholic Church is seeing an enormous rise in exorcisms. So to combat this rise in exorcisms, they have created this like this like research center training school like. Dr. Xavier's School for Exceptional Children, where it's like this incredible high-tech place filled with priests and nuns, and they have people come in who they think might be experiencing things, and uh, possessed, um, but they understand that some things that are seen as possession might be actual mental illness, so they have a squad of, like, psychiatrists there, too. So it's this very high-tech thing with, like, passcodes and doors and locked windows and secret libraries and all this stuff with, like, some pretty good exorcism scenes and some really fucked-up stuff, a lot of stuff involving children um, and, like, you know, trauma of different types. And it's it was good. I, I really liked it. it. It's It is not reinventing the wheel really so much as just sort of driving it in a different direction, but it's... It's solid. I, I was impressed mm. by it. Full cool. of jump scares and stuff that you're very used to. But the thing I want to talk about the most, watched it a couple nights ago. Julie, have you watched Sick? No, I do you know have about not. It? I do. Okay, so Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, uh-huh. wrote and directed this. And it's really good. You like it? I really liked it. Okay. Very much. Okay. So the the movie is set in 2020 at the height of the COVID scare when everybody was doing all the stuff that they told us to do then, you know, like um, like wiping down your groceries and doing all these things. So it's a slasher movie set in that time period. Oh. It's got like maybe six people in it, maybe 
two or three locations, and it is a so not a high kill roller kill? coaster. <laughs> oh, Julie, there's quite a number of kills, and some of them are very gruesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. solid and okay. fun and satisfying, and it would be great to see with a crowd because it is rip roaring and the actors um there's an actor named pamela adlon and her daughter is the lead in this and she's just fucking great got a okay. real sort of snarky attitude but like then we'll be human and be like moving as shit and she's i i was just really pleasantly surprised by it so so okay. sick is a is worth your time cool i'm very curious about that i'll check it so, out that's that's what I've watched. That and also TV shows like um, The Last of Us and um, other things. So, and The Last of Us is very good. It's on HBO. So. Yeah, I haven't really heard a lot about. I mean, I've heard like seen a lot of just advertisements, but I haven't heard anybody other than you talk about having watched it. I mean, the obviously social media and stuff. If you're following the right people, they're talking about it. But um, if you're not, you're not going to hear about it. But if you go on IMDb and read reviews, you'll see how highly regarded it is. But it's very good. So cool. That's it. Better than Conan and Tate. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. So? Well, I'm happy to have put the squad here through an endurance test <laughs> to watch these two movies. Well, this is what we do. You know, we we go into places where angels fear to tread. We. It's true. <laughs> We're not scared. We're doing a public service here. No, we're not here. scared. Yeah. Bring your, bring your worst. Fucking, I watched. We watched Son of Hitler. If we've watched that, then and blood dying. There's nothing to <laughs> with a dick in a jar. There's nothing to be afraid of. Dick brain in a jar. Yes, exactly. That's a great sort of. That'd be a good name for your manifesto, like the dick brain dick connection. Brain in a jar. <laughs> Everybody knows about it. Just good morning, Dick Brain. That'd be something <laughs> Chet should have said. Yes, exactly. What do you want, I, turd? I'm gonna go watch Blood Diner right after this. Wow! No, I right in my face. Enjoy, in your face. I hope you enjoy. So, Julie, Thank I you. think you're next. Have you started thinking about what you're gonna pick? Yeah, hold on to your butts. Oh, razor sharp. Oh, obviously. wow. So, um, speaking of holding on to butts, the dude uh, that played Short Round that uh, was in Everything Everywhere All at Once won, like, a a Golden Globe, I think, or a Mm -hmm. Critics' Choice Award or something. And I keep seeing, because I've started following him on Twitter, but I keep seeing this thing where people have created a mock poster for a Disney Plus series, The Further Adventures of Short Round. Oh, that would be adorable. Do it. It would be awesome. Yes, so I'm like hoping that actually comes to fruition. I just am so happy for him yeah. to get like the well and Michelle Yao also and just and Jennifer Coolidge. It was that was a great like a lot of people sort of outside the the mainstream got acknowledged, but and also that good people. people, good people. They deserve yeah, it. good people. Like, but like, beyond being talented and stuff like that, like decent, cool. like mm-hmm. like people you want to cheer for, people I feel good about supporting and being a fan of. So, I like that. Just makes it that much sweeter. Yeah. 
I thought it was cute. Uh, I saw a clip of Jennifer Coolidge's um, speech, and she's like, "And now my neighbors are speaking to me again." Yeah, <laughs> it's like all my neighbors invite me to the parties. And <laughs> she said, "Set her Golden Globe down." She said, "I can't hold this right now because I don't work." <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. She's really great in White Lotus both seasons. But All right. Well, um, we really appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, starting off 2023 uh, properly with us as we uh, <laughs> ease into the new year. Um, if you would like to reach out to us, and we hope you do, you can write to us at flickersfrom at gmail.com or flickersfrom at yahoo.com. We still have a presence on good old Facebook. And talk to us on Instagram, Slasher, we're on YouTube, all uh, Flickers from the Cave. And we're on at CaveWalls at Twitter. And please let your friends know. I'm sure you know other weirdos like yourself. Just tell them to tune in and listen. And if you want to hear any uh, specific things be looked at or covered, or if you've just got sort of a a feeling for what would make a nice pairing in a future show, just let us know. We'd love to... uh, get some direction from you all so um thanks god knows we need it oh god we're out here (laughs) adrift we're floating left and right and everywhere whichever way the current takes us floaters (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah so happy 2023 everybody uh mike if you uh if you and julie can help me i uh i heard something rustling in the bushes outside and i i don't know what it could be May I help you? Uh, you must be the lady of the house. Yes, I am. Well, I see you got a young boy here. Now, you help him get the best education possible because I represent the Pacific Northwest Magna Reading Project, and we have a series of books which studies have proved are a major benefit towards advanced learning in phonetics and word comprehension. Now, if I could have just five minutes of your valuable time to show you this exquisite series, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. Thank you very much, but we're really not interested in buying anything no, right please, now. please, please. Let me show you these books my company have developed, all right? I have them right here. Whoa, 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 lady, whoa! Whoa, you ever heard of a leash law? Hey, jeez, you want to control that dog before it bites somebody? Lar! Hey, Thor! Hey, go to the house. Go to the house. Go on. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, Are you okay? Oh, he bit me. Oh, jeez. Oh, what did he bite you? You have got a dangerous animal there, lady. Oh, I'm suing. You better get a hold of a lawyer right away, lady, because you're going to hear from mine too sweet. Oh. You can talk to me. I'm a lawyer. Thor, sit and stay down. Did he bite you? Because if he bit you, you really need to see a doctor right away. Since you're on foot, I'll drive you to the hospital emergency room myself. In fact, why don't I take you to my own family doctor? No, 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 look, look, I got my own doctor. All right.
I've heard about enough Flopsy. Who's Flopsy, Mom? A Flopsy bread is a con man who does things like throw himself in front of cars and pretend to get hit, or intentionally provoke people's dogs and pretend to get bitten. He threatens to sue people or have their pets destroyed if they don't pay him money. I've prosecuted plenty of these guys. Yeah, well, then I'll see you in court. Brett, why don't you call Sheriff Bragg? Tell him you're my son. He'll take the call. Tell him we got a little problem up here and to send a deputy right away. Well, Flopsy, it's been really nice knowing you. I guess I'll visit you in the slammer. Oh, you... Stay! My advice to you is to turn around and walk away without saying another word and without looking back. Dad, we ain't heard the last of this lady. Oh, I think I have. But don't think of it as a total loss. You learned a valuable lesson. Do not mess with a lawyer on her own turf.